Welcome to Real Talk with Carla Ham. This is my episode two, season one. My special guest today is Catherine Oates of Wiseman Law, Atlanta. Thank you so much for joining me today with Real Talk with Carla Ham. And I am here today with a very, very special guest. Her name is Catherine Oates, and she is with Wiseman Law. Hey, Catherine. Hey there, Carla. How are you doing today, this Sunday? I'm doing great. I can't complain. Did I take you away from the football game? No, I'm not a huge football fan, actually. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Oh, my husband to quiet down today while we go ahead and we got this podcast done. So um, why don't you take a moment to go ahead and introduce yourself? You know, I'm a real estate agent here in Metro Atlanta, and you are with a closing attorney. Tell us more. Yes, I am with Weissman, and we are a full service law firm, but I focus my practice in the area of residential real estate. I do some commercial as well. And um, I help uh, run the closing practice, and we have 18 offices. So uh, while I sit in Buckhead, I uh, work with all of our offices, and I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. 20 years, Catherine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just about. I'm not quite to the 20-year mark, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, knocking on the door. Well, tell me what made you decide to go into this area of law? Yeah, so I grew up in a real estate family. My father was a realtor, uh, grew up just outside of Washington, D.C., and so he was licensed in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, and um, his broker actually was part of our family as well, so I had real estate around the kitchen table, and then in high school, I worked actually as a receptionist in a real estate office, and um, I've been doing investing since I was in my early 20s. And so it was just always sort of a natural progression and a natural step for me when I got my uh, law degree to go into real estate. Oh, awesome. So it was a family business, basically. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you said you deal with both commercial and residential. Can you explain Mm -hmm. to everybody? differences. Well, I'll explain. Of course, residential is the homes you live in and commercial is business buildings and offices and things like that, but it's actually more expansive than that. Can you expand on that for me? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, residential, it can be for investment purposes or for um, places you live, as you mentioned. Um, That's what we see a lot of. Most of when you look around at neighborhoods and things like that, that's what we consider residential. Then commercial can be anything from a single um, condo in an office building that's a one little office. It can be a warehouse. It could be a strip center, a mall. It could be a sky rise office building. Um, any any non-residential real estate, you're probably going to be thinking of as commercial. Of course, we've got agricultural and things like that as well. But um, for the most part, all your retail business, that's your commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I love it when my clients choose to close with you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we love that too, Carla. <laughs> 
I love it because you guys are so attentive to my clients' needs um, and you help them with a variety of different needs. Like, for example, I have a client that we're working with right now, partnering with, that had to go through probate. Um, and your company even helped with that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, as I mentioned, we have lots of different practice areas at Weissman, probate being one of them. And before you can sell real property that you own, if you have passed away, your estate has to be established with the probate courts. And there has to be someone authorized on behalf of the estate to sell the property. And so there are various ways that can happen that you could do, you know, a six hour CE class on uh, mm -hmm. probate and estate planning and all of those things. But basically from our perspective, what we need to do is we need to make sure that the decedent's estate has been properly handled. There is a representative who can sign and that we are handling the property in the way the decedent wanted. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason I bring that up, because I know when I go through my transactions with my uh, buyers and sellers, they may think, well, you know, and everybody just has the cutout version of what they think we do for our, a living. Uh, they think a, an attorney just does this and gets the papers signed, but they don't realize that they can help facilitate things like even like a quick claim if um, somebody needs to transfer the property out of one name into another. Can you expand on that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, there are lots of different aspects of real estate and what a real estate attorney does in preparation for a closing. What we primarily need to make sure we're doing is that we are clearing the title. That means yeah. that we're going to be doing a 50-year search on the property. We have a third-party title examiner who actually goes to the county and they search all the deed records and liens and they check the people and the history of the property. And what we wanna do is we wanna trace that history of ownership. And remember, it's not just the structure on the land, it's the land itself. So sometimes people think, oh, well, this is a new construction property. I don't have to worry about anything with the title. Well, not so, uh -huh. um, because the land, the land has been there longer than the structure on which it is sitting, or uh, the land has been there longer than the structure itself. So we have to make sure that that land has been transferred and that there is a clear chain, what we call chain of title. And so that's each owner to owner to owner of that land to make sure that the ultimate person trying to sell the property actually owns it, that there are no liens against it. And then we are making sure that that new buyer is protected so that when they make this huge investment that they are not walking into a loss. So we need to make sure all the T's are crossed, I's are dotted. And that's a really, um, it can be a very complicated process. It can be. Um, can you give an example of how it can be more complicated than we would expect? Yeah, I mean, there- You don't have any names. You no, know. No, I, I, no, I can't give any names. <laughs> I know, uh, I know. Um, you know, this, this past week alone, I was dealing with uh, two different properties where there were what we call gaps in the chain of title. That means there was some interest, some owner at some point in the chain of title whose interest was never handled. So in one case, we had an individual who owned the property with one other person. That individual died. And the other person went on to sell the property and then he was foreclosed on. Oh. The next owner was foreclosed on. And the bank went on and they, you know, there were two or three foreclosures and 
um, successive sales, but no one ever dealt with this other man's interest in the property. So you've had this property that has changed hands five or six times in the last 20 years, but this other man's estate had an interest in it still. So we had to go back, one, figure out that that had occurred and then handle it. Oh my gosh. And finding those heirs, finding what had happened, um, somebody who was still around who could handle that estate, getting quick claims from heirs and things of that nature. So it um, you know, I've had two deals like that just in the past week. So things can oh, come up man. all the time. Oh, wow. And see, you guys can't see, I forgot this is a podcast, but my mouth was just hanging open. I cannot imagine that it transferred that many times and nobody else caught it, but you guys did. Yeah, that's why and, title insurance is so important. <laughs> yeah, And that's why you are so important because I explain to clients all the time, it's like, you know, it's just not them to, when you have your closing fees, that's part of what the closing fees are doing, correct? Yeah. Is when you guys do the title search and all that good stuff. Yep, that's right. Oh, awesome. Well, the, I'm going to get more into your expertise, but, I, you know, we've been doing business together for a little bit. I guess about yep. 10 years now, yeah. whenever my clients decide to choose you as a closing attorney, but why not? Because you're so good. Um, and I was working at Keller Williams at the time, and you said you've had a 20-year career. What, um, can I brag, are you a partner? I am. Mm -hmm. I see, yeah. So she's <laughs> my partner at Wiseman Law. And so um, tell me a little bit about, um, you know what, I'm all about uh, female empowerment. Tell me all about that and your career path. How has it been being a mover and shaker in law in Metro Atlanta? You know, I am I, the mother of two daughters. So I also mm -hmm. obviously um, am a big believer in anybody can do anything they want as long as they work hard. And that's what I've worked to do my entire career is I've worked hard and you know, one of the things I love most about my job is being able to help people and being able to solve mysteries and solve problems mm -hmm. and to get things done for buyers and sellers and for agents. And, you know, one of the re ways I've been able to build my business and my reputation in the business is always by being there for agents and being there for people when they need things. I've got um, a pretty extensive contract background mm -hmm. and so I, I really work hard to help agents and realtors um, to make sure their contracts are bulletproof when things come up to help find solutions and to help you know, preempt, uh, preempt problems to try and resolve things and help agents write contracts in a way that they protect their clients. And so that's really important to me. And that's how I've built my career is by trying to help other people. And I find that when you focus on helping others, then a lot of good, great things come back to you. And that's how I was able to build a reputation. And I was with another law firm for many, many years. And, you know, I had worked on the forms committee with Seth Weissman, and I've been able to get to know him over the years. And he wanted me to come work with him and see what we could do together over at Weissman. And so that's what I did. And I took a pretty major leap and change that I don't think many people expected I would ever do, but um, I did that. And so 
you know, I've loved every minute of it, but it, you know, the steps I've taken in my career have not been without risk. And I just decided those were worth taking because I don't think you can get very far if you're not willing to, you know, put yourself out there and take those risks. So I find that moving forward without fear um, is always great and setting yourself up to be in a position to help others. You really can't fail when you do that. That's awesome. So I'm going to make you expand on a couple of those points in, in sharing that. And thank you for sharing that. So first of all, snap, snap, snap. I am so proud of you. When thank I found you. out you were moving there and becoming a partner, I couldn't be happier for you. Um, and when we talk about risk, because what we do for a living, we are, I know I'm managing my client's to risk tolerance all the time. Yeah. Right. So during the transaction there, everyone is, if you're a seller or a buyer or an investor, they're taking a risk. And I manage them through that process because there's all kinds of what ifs that go through their head. But when you apply that to life in general, I think that's a great way to um, to go through life is to look at the risk and and try to consider what the payoff is. And I don't think that a lot of people consider the what if it all goes right. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's what you did. You consider what if it all goes well and you took that leap. Right. Um, that's awesome. Can you tell me a little bit more about um, how an attorney helps manage risk? We talked about with title search. We talked about with contracts. Is there any other way that attorneys help manage risk for the buyers or sellers? Yeah, I mean, part of what I've um, built my career around is really helping realtors and helping agents to um, protect themselves, not just their clients. I mean, we wanna make sure, for example, in writing and, and helping and contributing with the uh, Georgia Association of Realtors Forms Committee, one of the big things that committee does is they try to manage risk for brokerages and for agents so that you can be able to zealously represent your clients because you are also protected. Um, and so that is really, really important. And so many agents are at risk because, you know, buying a home is an emotional process. Buying any real estate is a very emotional process. And so we want to position realtors so that they have both the education and the support they need to be able to go out and help their clients through these really emotional times. And all of that is about managing risk and balancing risk and making sure we minimize it to the extent that we can. And a lot of that is making sure you've got clean contracts, that you've thought about contingencies, you've thought about the what ifs. And, you know, I always say that in life, I'm an optimist, but when it comes to real estate contracts, I'm a pessimist. I want to assume the worst exactly. and prepare for it, you know? Um, so I think that's what's so important is you have to be able to look um, at things broadly and, um, but most of all, you have to build relationships. And I think so much of real estate is about relationship building. And there's just really, 
at the core of the state, it's relationships. Awesome. Awesome. So in, in talking about relationships, the relationships that the buyers or the sellers has with, have with you guys, um, are there instances where they can call you after the closing Would there, if they need a document or anything like that? How would they go about getting that kind of stuff from you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So um, at Wiseman, we have what's called the Closing Connect Portal, and that is a portal where a buyer or a seller before, during, and after a transaction, they can get access to all of their closing paperwork, their title policy, their deed, settlement statements, all of those sorts of things. But we get people who call us all the time. I mean, we are not um, hidden behind, you know, secretaries or anybody <laughs> like that. We are there out on the front line. When you, when you call the firm, I'm as likely to answer the phone as anybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. And we want to be accessible. We want to be there. Now, certainly as an attorney, we have representation. We represent the lender in the transaction. If there is a lender in a cash transaction, we typically represent the buyer. So whatever help we give post-closing will be limited um, to the extent that we can't have any sort of conflict of interest. But for the most part, people aren't adversarial and that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a deed or they're looking to say, hey, I'm getting ready to sell this property that I closed with your office and this, this, and that have happened. Can you help me prepare for that? And so we do a lot of that sort of thing. Um, we do a lot with explaining things post-closing. People have lots of questions after they buy a property, taxes, things of that nature. Yeah. So we help guide them through those things. And um, the biggest thing is just being as accessible as possible to them. And you guys do a really, really great job of that. And I think you touched on this just a little bit, just a few moments ago, but I wanted to, um, since you've been doing this for 20 years, mm -hmm. I know you're an attorney. I know you can't really speak to the market. Okay. But are you nervous right now? You know, I'm not. The We have just come off out of a very unprecedented um, seller's market. And to a certain yeah. extent, we're still in it, but there's definitely been a slowing in the market. And I think that's been anticipated. I don't think what we've been experiencing over the last two years was really sustainable with the high prices and low interest rates. You've had buyers who were, um, you know, in this very historically unique position of having the power to buy. And then yes. you had demand that was so far up um, and supply that was so far down. And so, you know, properties were flying off the market before they barely touched it. Now yeah. that has slowed. We've seen interest rates creeping up and then they've continued to go up. We see unemployment is down. Um, but one of the other big driving factors and the big things we see right now that builders are having a really difficult time building. One, um, prices and supply of materials is very difficult. Um, so the supply chain is, is really um, struggling right now. We also see that builders are having a lot of trouble finding people to actually come in and work. Um, you know, so it's just getting concrete to a property can can take weeks, if not months right now, because just having the trucks and the people to bring it and to do the work. So what 
we see and what I kind of predict is that we're going to have very little new construction in yeah. the next um, year to two years. And we're already seeing that builders talking about selling out their current supply and that they're not going to be building um, really or even think about starting new projects until at least the end of 2023. Um, that's going to have an impact on the housing market. Um, that means we're going to have even less supply. And I think so even though we have interest rates going up, we're going to see supply is going to continue to stay relatively low, um, but buying power is also down. So I think you're going to see a lot of people who are going to be cohabitating. So roommate situations, you're going to see a lot of people who are leasing because they can't afford to buy. And actually what we're seeing a lot of right now is we're seeing a, um, these new developments that are being built or bought out that are going to be all rentals, like an entire neighborhood of that rentals. Is a, that is a new branch of the industry. So there are neighborhoods that from the time they're sent to the county to get approval uh, to start the build, that they are set up to be new homes, but completely rentals. That is yeah. a, a new market that's coming here in Metro Atlanta. I've seen at least five or six of them that I've passed. And I mean, yeah. I passed when they were putting the um, infrastructure in for the entire neighborhood before they put a sign up and it had on, and once the sign did come up, it already had rental properties on it before they had one stick on the ground. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, now, we're also seeing a lot of condo conversions. So yeah. um, where, you know, with COVID, one of the big things that has happened is we have a lot of people working remotely. So, you know, living in a city can become expensive. So we're seeing a lot of, a lot more urban sprawl, um, you know, so we've got the buyers who, and millennials who are kind of moving out into the suburbs because yeah. they don't want to deal with traffic and those sorts of things. And they don't have to, they don't have to go into an office. So you've got these empty office buildings that are being converted into condos. Um, for people to live. So we're seeing a lot of that. And so, you know, obviously there's no more land. The land that's there, obviously there's some that still is undeveloped, of course, but um, we're, we're starting to build up as much as we're building out. Exactly. And, <laughs> yes. So I think you will see a lot of that coming through, but, you know, from, you know, a market standpoint, I don't see a big crash coming. I, I think there's certainly a natural slowing. I think we're gonna we're in a um, shifting market right now, but I don't see a major crash or anything like I that coming in the next three to five years. I completely agree. What I'm telling um, my audience is that we're normalizing. So um, it's just going back to normal. And this holiday season, I'm seeing the normal kind of buyers out there, the normal kind of sellers out there, people who are having a life change or divorce, or you know, maybe it's an estate sale where they have to sell the property, but it's just a normalizing of the market. Now, to speak to the new construction industry, I'll tell you a little bit about what I saw. So you know, I was working in new construction as a realtor um, at beginning of COVID in March of 2020. I, that's when I said, you know, I want to come back to regular real estate. But I had um, the builder that I worked for, they stopped building altogether. Mm -hmm. So there was like a seven to eight month period 
where they said they weren't going to build something unless they had it under contract, which further deepens the shortage that we're still going to be feeling for the next few years, I think. I really, mm-hmm. really do. Um, but hopefully the conversion of commercial properties into residential properties will help uh, 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 take some of the pressure off of that gap for people. So that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about your big why. I think you hinted to it a little bit earlier, but I'd love to know what, um, what's your big why in life? Well, I think like most people, it's my family. Um, it's my children. I have two amazing daughters and everything I do is with them in mind and with making sure that I give them a life that is happy and that I set them up for success in the future. And, you know, as, uh, as you know, you were once a teenage girl, it's not an easy thing. And so, um, you know, I just, want to be there for my children and to show them that they can do anything they want. I'm a single mom and um, I, I work, you know, I work as hard as I can every day. And then I come home and I make dinner for my kids and I spend time with them. And so everything I do is with them in mind. That's awesome. And I, you know, I can so relate to that. Mine are 27 and 24 now. You are not old enough to have a 27 and 24 year old, Miss Carla. I I will be be 52 this week. Well, happy birthday. Well, thank you. But yeah, so yeah, I'm old enough, believe you me. But um, I, I get that completely. And it's so funny how they really don't understand they are the rocket fuel for our lives as moms, you know? Mm-hmm. especially when they're being difficult it's like you don't understand what you mean to me but that's awesome um so I want to go ahead and get ready to close us out um you said that the market looks like it's going to be good which is awesome is there any last thoughts that you'd like to um, tell my audience in regard to using a closing attorney I know sometimes um, people may be nervous about that or any insights well, there, or yeah. thoughts that? Um, well, first off, there's no reason to be nervous about it. You're required to use us um, in Georgia. So Georgia is an attorney state. So you have to use a closing attorney in order to buy or sell. And, you know, as far as attorneys go, we're, we're pretty um, laid back. And our services are um, very consistent and our prices are consistent. We don't, we're not hourly. We have set fees that are relatively low and and attainable and we're there to help. And, you know, buying or selling real property is stressful and it's a lot of money. And any one real estate transaction may be more money than most people will handle in their lives. And yeah. these are really, and they probably won't do it more than a handful of times in their lives. Um, these are really big and important moments for people. And so it's our pleasure to be able to be there to help make sure that everybody is protected during that process and that everybody yeah. knows what to expect and doesn't feel lost. They can feel comfortable because we're there to help and to shepherd them through the process. 
That's awesome. And you just talked about um, protection and I, I said I was going to close this out, but I wanted to, I love the fact that, cause I had a closing with you guys a month or so ago and um, you guys are really um, informed about protecting, of course, the bank's interest in the mortgage and all that, that stuff. That's what you do. But I think you guys offered um, title insurance that goes forward instead of just backwards. Is that, yeah. can you um, explain what that is? Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So title insurance by nature is about what happened in the past. What we're doing is we're ensuring that anything that occurred in the past that's hidden or maybe isn't fully clear that you're protected from those things like that. You know, we talked a couple of minutes ago about yeah. a seller's interest that, you know, the property had been transferred many, many times. Well, that happened in the past. That was something somebody along the way should have caught, but didn't. And so title yeah. insurance protects the consumer from things like that. But there is also, as you um, just suggested, forward-looking protection as well. So there are post-policy coverages, things that if they were to occur after, for example, you buy a house and then you learn after you've closed that your driveway is halfway onto your neighbor's property. Well, that is a title problem that is discovered in the future. And so that is post-policy coverage. Your title insurance is gonna protect you against that. Um, post-policy forgery, things like that. Um, you know, there, so there, there's lots of coverage in an enhanced owner's policy that will protect buyers in the future, as well as against things that happened in the past. Yeah, and that's so important. And I wanted to bring up the fact that you guys were doing that because I had other closing attorneys who they're just doing the standard title insurance. And the reason I brought it up is because I deal with a lot of buyers that are my age or older who are looking to pay things off. And you guys are really forward thinking and cutting edges as far as offering that to clients because there is title fraud where some people who have paid off their houses Someone's coming and forging the title, sending documents to the courthouse, and then selling the property and taking the profit. And meanwhile, you're sitting in your house, and then you get evicted from your own house or foreclosed on your own house, moved out of your own house without your knowledge. And it's all due to a new kind of fraud. So the fact that you guys were aware of that and knew that you needed to offer some additional uh, protection to consumers, I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, so. and a word of caution to, to your listeners. Um, there, are, there are a lot of companies preying on the fact that this fraud is out there and they're offering this title lock guarantee type stuff and it's it's all um pretty much nonsense and smoke and mirrors see <laughs> wow so, tell me more so i mean uh well you know what you need is title insurance you don't need a company these companies where they say okay you're going to pay us monthly and we're going to monitor and if we see any deeds get filed or anything like that we'll let you know well that's only as good as you keep paying them monthly versus title insurance that you buy one time and if anything were to happen you're protected and it's so, you know, these these companies are offering these services and trying to show people that they need them. And it's 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 really just nonsense. They really aren't giving you anything. Um, the best thing you can do is pay attention. You know, you can go online to the tax commissioner's website 
and you can see, okay, yep, it's still got my name there. And yeah. nobody, nobody's done anything. And you've got a title insurance policy, hopefully, from when you bought the property. And that protects you too. So, you know, just be wary of these companies who are offering these, you know, title lock protection services. Well, on that note, that that was worth the, that is a really good nugget, Catherine. Thank you so much <laughs> for welcome. sharing that today. I really appreciate you coming today, and I want to have you back sometime if anything changes with laws or anything that we can talk about. I'd love to have you come back again. Absolutely, It'd be my pleasure, Carla. Awesome, thank you so much again. This is Carla Ham with Real Talk. Join me, subscribe. Thanks so much. Bye.